welcome to another PHF preview. Happy hump day, everyone. <laughs> That's me uh, listening to our spaces. <laughs> I forgot to put it on mute. <laughs> Gotta get those numbers up. Oh, fantastic. Angelica, Kelly, how are you Hello. doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. Happy to be I, here. I'm just really, really happy that my body knew to wake up because <laughs> I oh. literally woke up at 6.59. Ooh, stay taking naps. <laughs> I Let me tell you, I just haven't been feeling well, and I know it's not it's not the evil scene because I keep taking tests and it's negative. I just, I don't know what it is. My sleep schedule's trash. Oh no, we gotta get you into a good routine here. But we're glad you're here. Dan Rice also going to be joining us today. Uh, apparently, Dan, I can't make you a co-host, so I had to make you a speaker. But don't worry, it's not a downgrade. That's all right. Can you hear me? <laughs> we got you. Um, awesome. <laughs> Well, um, let's do some housekeeping and then we will get right into it because we have two amazing experts and we want to make sure we have plenty of time for them to speak on all things Minnesota Whitecaps. So my <laughs> name is Erica L. Ayala. I am a co-host of the Founding Four podcast along with Angelica Rodriguez. We are two Latinas with spicy hockey takes and we have been doing our PHF Premier Hockey Federation previews right here on Twitter Spaces. So if you're not already following the founding four, go ahead and click that circle where you see the, you know, little purple lines. That means that uh, that's that account. Just go ahead and follow that. Um, but Angelica and I are excited to bring on again, as we mentioned, some Minnesota experts. We have Kelly Schultz, the OG play-by-play <laughs> -play voice of the Whitecaps who also did some rinkside work before Minnesota was official to what was then the National Women's Hockey League. Kelly, let the folks know how you're doing and what you are up to this fine hockey season. Well, I'm doing fantastic. It's so great to be here. Thanks for asking me on, Erica. And um, always great to be amongst my hockey colleagues and friends. Um, I've been busy with Bemidji State University women's hockey this uh, fall winter. And uh, let me tell you this, the WCHA is gonna be tough and very top heavy. Uh, Ohio State, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, Duluth is right up there. They're gonna be uh, probably the four, well, three or four best teams in the country this season, no doubt. So uh, it's been a challenge for my very young Bemidji State Beavers, but, uh, you know, it's been it's been a good season so far. So I'm just doing what I do here in uh, northern Minnesota, state of hockey, and uh, excited about the Whitecaps too. So um, looking forward to doing some uh, Premier Hockey Federation games on ESPN Plus and uh, mm -hmm. working with you again, Erica. Yes, indeed, the dynamic duo will be back together again and we'll talk about some of those games uh but we kelly are joined by dan rice who i have coined and i think you'll agree with me kelly the and angelica the phf insider i mean uh, dan you do it all <laughs> uh thanks again for the very warm and friendly welcome uh it's always great to to talk to you guys uh 
unfortunately, I don't get to see you as much as I used to, Erica. But um, I know it's great to hear your voice again, and uh, everybody else as well. And and uh, I'm ready to get going. I got some some stuff to to get out of my system. I, I've been holding in some news. And, Ooh, oh snap! Uh, <laughs> I have I have some stuff uh, related to the Whitecaps and some some other stuff. So whenever you you cue me up, I'll uh, I'll get going here. I love that. You know we like the we like the picante. We like the spice. So we're not going to keep people for too long. Just a few other things, folks. If you have questions, there's a chat here. I see that Maddie's already using the chat function. If you have questions or comments, shoot them in the chat. You can also raise your hand and request to join the stage we would be uh, happy to have you you can, you can ask any one of us or all of us uh, specific questions if you have them um and don't worry you know this is a this is a friendly space but also you've got two spicy latinas and we, we will we will hold our people down so we will be the moderators <laughs> as, as needed but you know, it ain't that kind of party in WoHo for the most part. Um, so, all right. So we want to get to Dan's spicy, spicy, uh, you know, intel here. But let's first start with speaking of Dan Rice, who, again, is here in our on her Twitter spaces. So Dan and Angelica are colleagues over at the Ice Garden. And I have here, Dan, the 2021-22 season recap. And since we usually recap the teams anyway, I, I figured we could start with some of the fine work that you've already done. Uh, Dan Rice for the Ice Garden told us uh, that they finished 16, 13, and 1. Gave us even the, the power play stats, which I think is really interesting considering the team that won it all was at like a... Were they sub 5% on the power play at one point? Oh my goodness. I, I should probably should have pulled that up for the Boston. Literally everybody was like awful in the power play except for, <laughs> for like the majority of the season. Oh, holy cannoli. <laughs> what was going on with the power play special teams? You know what? I think they were taking the Joel Johnston approach. I'm sorry. I had to. It was right there. I, I just I can't understand. I will never understand when I, he's like, yeah, I don't really worry about special teams too much at a tournament. I was like, that sounds like a not great thing. But anyway, we move on. Um, but um, I, I like also, Dan, that you, you broke down some of the players that you felt were best in their positions, MVP overall. I mean, are we surprised with, with who you went with in Amanda Levier? Um, so everyone should check that out. And as soon as I stop talking, I'll post it in the chat. But Dan, I want to start with you. What were some of your takeaways from last year's Minnesota team? And then we will have the Minnesotan chime in as well kelly schultz yeah i I think uh last year they were really besieged by injuries um and and you saw how much of an impact that amanda levier has when she's not there like they they really scuffled and struggled and um their their uh special teams were were a mess the the line combinations were if i remember correctly they were different almost every game uh, by the end of the season, they had a defender. Taylor Turnquist was playing forward. She was playing center um, for the the two games that I saw them play in uh, uh, in Newark against the Riveter, the Riveters. Um, so they were they were looking for anything that that can kind of get them back on track. And it was it was kind of uncharted territory for that group, right? Like they've they've kind of come into the uh, what was then the NWHL and is now the PHF, and they kind of just kind of ran through everybody and were immediately one of the two best teams, uh, depending on which year you look at. Um, that wasn't really the case last year, and I, and I think that 
it was a, a little bit of a wake-up call, and um, I'm not sure if, if that necessarily is, is why there were so many changes in the offseason. I think there was other factors at play there, possibly, but um, there, there's, a, there's a lot of, of, of new players and new faces on this team, and, and they're trying to get back to where they were the, the first three seasons they were in the league, and that was in, in the, the, the Isabel Cup final. Yeah, Dan, you hit on so much there. And Kelly, we're going to come to you. But I also want to have a conversation about something that Dan said about the consistency and what we saw in that championship year, that inaugural year, Kelly, and then kind of what led to 21-22. But Kelly, you and I, as we were prepping for these games, again, we've, we've been off-site for the last handful of years, but we had been talking about Minnesota, particularly Minnesota early in the season and early in the season on the road. Uh, what do you make of just how Minnesota has struggled really in the last handful of seasons um, to get off to an early and consistent start? You know what? That is a... A mystery, actually. I, you know what? I, I think it has a lot to do with just bringing in um, players that may not be used to each other's tendencies. But I know some of the players obviously knew each other from playing in the same league, maybe on the same teams. I, you know what? It, it kind of baffled me the last couple of years because they came out so strong that first year, obviously winning the Isabel Cup, and they had such a dynamic group of players that first year that were olympians and players that were of a maybe a higher caliber or more experience and i just i think now looking at the roster this year i'm excited about it um just because they do have some veterans back that i think will help lead and of course the big news about amanda bullier coming back it made me extremely happy because she's just one of those people that energizes her whole team so I'm excited to see Boo back in the uh, Minnesota Whitecaps jersey this season. But as far as last year, I just think it was a, a struggle. Maybe mm, I don't like to point at uh, coaching, but I think having Rhonda there this year as the head coach is going to be, I think, a really great change for this Minnesota Whitecaps team. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that and really leads us to the next conversation that we usually have on our PHF previews. We've all kind of alluded to it. But Angelica, I want to get your thoughts here because, you know, Kelly talked about uh, coaching. And I think you and I on um, Founding Four Pod had talked about Minnesota particularly. And maybe, you know, to Kelly's point, it's, it's tough to be super, super critical of coaching unless it's season four and you're talking about the riveters but anyway we move on um <laughs> but i think <laughs> i think um you just felt like there's needed some some maybe different kind of energy injected into the team we, i think at times we we're just a little bit curious about systems you know what do you make of what what kelly said Rhonda seemingly having full reign and ownership over the team as head coach as opposed to some of the co-coaching that we've seen in the past um you know i think it was a long time coming to be honest uh, i've been hearing you know whispers about it from pretty much last season that you know it was something that maybe it was time for a changeover and it was time for Rhonda just to take full control um you know I I think that Jack Broad's been such a an integral part of the Whitecaps organization I mean he helped found it <laughs> his kids have played in it so um you know you never really want to lose that um I guess that pedigree or that that history but at the same time I mean I think that for the betterment of the club, it was just time to have that 
uh, have that kind of switch over because, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, sometimes things run run their course. Um, you know, I think that the, the great thing about Minnesota is that they do hold on to their roots a lot when it comes to their players, when it comes to, um, you know, their staffing. So um, I'm intrigued to see what, what comes of it, honestly. Yeah, I think, uh, and I want to have uh, Kelly and Dan chime in here because turnover, Dan, you alluded to it, um, but Kelly, as Angelica just said, I mean, the Minnesota Whitecaps have been an institution on the women's side of hockey post-college since before this version of mm-hmm. the NWHL, which of course now is the premier hockey federation, even existed. And they've withstood a lot of the drama. Um, and that was with the Broats in place. Um, and some other players uh, that are not with the team this year, either because they shipped off to Boston, and we'll probably talk about that, mm-hmm. They've retired. Winnie Brote Brown officially retired. I never thought I'd see the day. Can you just talk about what it's been like to, to see the growth and the trajectory of some of those amazing women who have really built a name for women's hockey in Minnesota now hang up the skates? Well, I will say this. Winnie Brote Brown is uh, synonymous with hockey here in the state of hockey and uh, just an incredible role model, a great leader on and off the ice. She does so much for the game for youth girls hockey all the way up um, into the college levels. Just a great uh, she's just been a great asset. And, um, you know, to see her retire was really hard um, just because I always envied her. I remember being in college, uh, my second or third year at the University of Minnesota and I never got to play hockey. I watched a lot of the girls my age play with the boys and my parents were like so against it. But I remember watching Winnie and her sister and the Curtin sisters that, you know, played high school hockey here in the state and uh, just looking up to them um, and knowing that they were going to do great things. And so for her to leave that legacy has been incredible. And, um, you know, and of course her sister's not on the roster this year either. So it's kind of it's kind of sad that the Broats are not going to be with the Whitecaps, but it's also good because there's a lot of talent in uh, this state and region, and I really think that Minnesota can, you know, the Whitecaps can go with that and, and maybe pull some of these players in that um, are just looking for that next next step, that next jump um, in their hockey playing careers. But um, I can't say enough about Winnie Broach. She's just um, both her and her sister and her fa- whole family have done so much for hockey here in the in Minnesota. So, yeah, and all we can hope is that um, the franchise does right by those players. Um, I think as we see the league growing, and we've alluded to this on Helica Right on other spaces, but I think as we see the league growing, there is some of this turnover and change that is inevitable. Whether it's uh, last, uh, was it last episode, right? Where we talked about, or when we talked about the Buttes, I guess. Um, and knowing that players like Taylor Kersey that have full-time jobs, and now the league is switching to a different, you know, um, a kind of schedule. I guess we were talking about it when, when Dan mentioned the Riveters practice. But, I think we you know, talk about it like every, every space, I'll be <laughs> right. honest with you, because Fair. it really Fair. has affected, it has affected every single team so far that I can tell. Um 
And, uh, you know, obviously with the cap doubling comes, you know, I think we mentioned it, more money, more problems. Um, but yeah, I think that it does, it does just turn out that way. And I think that, um, you know, I think that as the game progresses and as the, the PHF progresses, I think we might just see more of that just because it, it can't be, you know, in order for this league to grow, it can't necessarily be just a side thing anymore, you know? Right. I think that's absolutely right. But Angelica, you know, another point that I think is apropos is that women's hockey Women in sports, women's sports leagues, we are a community, mostly because we've had to be because, you know, I'm not saying any of y'all, like not any of the circles in our little space, not the y'all y'all, but like the y'all of it all. People that be hating on, on women's hockey, women's sports. And so we create these communities and then to see the, the sport grow is something that we obviously want, but then also to see what feels Maybe, maybe I'm just talking about me. I don't know. Y'all could put emojis if you disagree, if you agree. But what feels like us moving on from pioneers with no recognition is a tough pill for me to swallow. And Dan, I know that you have been following some of these storylines a lot and particularly, um, you know, some of the ways that either what was offered to current players, how that went down, um, offers that were... Um, not accepted for one reason or another. And I think, yes, that's a part of the business, but again, we're in that in-between where I do, I would like to see business done a little bit differently at times. Um, so I would love for you to just weigh in there. Uh, Cause I think this might've been one of the, the, the points that you wanted to dig into a little bit more. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. Everything that you, everybody has just said before me is, is 100% accurate. It's just, this is business the way that, that business goes sometimes. It's, it doesn't always rub everybody the right way. Um, and maybe everything's not always handled the right way either. And that's something that maybe everybody has to be a little bit better with. Um, the, the way that the, the Brotes have kind of moved on from the Whitecaps, from everything that I've been told, wasn't necessarily uh, nice and clean and peachy. Um, there, there's a lot of... Um, uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say the wrong word. There's, there's a lot of uh, just weird feelings between everybody. The way that it all kind of went down, I guess. Um, and it's, it's it's maybe uncomfortable for some people. Friction. Uh, and and you and you have you know like the you know and and I don't know if it's the new ownership that's taken over, right? The the same ownership with the Buttes. Uh, and and they have a, a person that kind of goes back and forth between both teams, which is kind of weird to begin with, but that's for another day. Um, but, you know, them wanting to put their own stamp on the team, right? And I kind of get that. Um, but when you – if you're moving on from a player like a, a Winnie Broad Brown um, to kind of give her number away before she's even – I think it was before she made an announcement of, of her future. Like, that was just kind of weird to me, like – for everything that she's done, and and I'm obviously I don't live in Minnesota. I don't I don't you know have my finger on the pulse of of the, the people of Minnesota, but I feel like I know a little bit about uh, how much that she meant to to people and how much she still means to, to people out there. And it just seems kind of weird and and um, just left a, a, maybe a bad taste on my mouth with everything the way that everything went down. Um, and then you see that it's like it's like wow, there's like not even an effort and. And I don't want it to be like uh, blaming the player that, 
you know, I don't know if the player requested that number or how that all went down, but for somebody to not be like, you know what, like maybe we can give it like a year. I, I don't know. It's just, um, it, it's weird. But everything you guys said too about like pioneers and, and, you know, some players are kind of getting left behind now because of the way that the league is shifting. And um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is, is, is different uh is is i guess not different it's it's for everybody else to to determine like it's it's kind of like an opinion kind of based thing but um the the thing that i do want to it kind of ties nicely into uh what i wanted to say was um i've heard they they've elected their new leadership group um and you know for the first time they're, they're going to have a captain that's not winnie broke brown um it's going to be wow. sydney it's going to be Sydney Brot, uh, which is spelled the same way as Brot, but just pronounced differently. Um, so, in a weird kind of twist, like there's still a, a Brot as the captain, but just not pronounced the same way. Um, and the alternates are going to be Sydney Morin and Sydney Baldwin, and uh, as well as Jonah, uh, Jonna Albers, who used to be Jonah Curtis, but she got married this uh, this past summer. So, congratulations to her and her family. Um, that's, that, that, that's your uh, new leadership group for the Minnesota Whitecaps. That's, do they plan on it being all Sydney? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I mean, they've, they've kind of been running with that, you know, play on words with, with some of their, their social media posts and stuff like that. And it's, I'm sure it's something we're all going to talk about as the season goes on. Like oh, yeah. We, we talked Sydney. about it on our podcast. I think we had an episode called The Collecting Sydney's. Um, so just, just one of them weird things. I'm sure there's another team out there that has like five Megans on it or something. Like oh that. yeah, we were caught, the Buttes were collecting Cassidy's for a while, and I think they they still have two of them, just spelled differently. You know, it happens. Um, I did want to kind of touch briefly uh, on Dan's point about um, giving up when he broke Brown's number. I think this is just kind of what happens when you have uh, entities come in who may not necessarily have roots in women's hockey, so to speak, um, and who may not necessarily know the history behind the organizations that they buy, but that's just me. Um, I'll shut up now. No, I completely agree with you. Um, Honestly, I am surprised they didn't just retire her number and move on from there and just say, hey, you know, the Broats founded the Whitecaps many moons ago, and hey, let's just do this and, you know, let it go that way. It, It just shocked me. Yeah, I hear that. And we also have um, Maddie in the in the comments saying that, you know, players like Elena Orlando, we know she's bounced around at the back end of what seems like a career. We haven't heard from Lando. Um, but just taking the time to honor and respect legends of the game. Um, you know, we have the Isabel Cup, but as far as any of the positional awards, they're not given names. That's a very hockey thing to do, um, you know, and sometimes I wish men's hockey wasn't that way because then you have to relive problematic people. But anyway, um, <laughs> in this case, I'd be all about it. Uh, you know, like, why isn't Stretch's number for the Riveters retired? I mean, 14 better damn well be retired as soon in, on the immediate for whenever Mad Pack is done, you know, uh, just, I, I, you already know you, you You already know where I was going with that. Come on. Um, I mean, Harrison Brown, uh, these are just some Kareem legends. Bowie. Oh my gosh. Kareem <laughs> Bowie. Almost a white cap. And then yep. 
She and kept white cap and name only, and then unfortunately, uh, the the uh, end double happened. So. Oh goodness! Oh goodness gracious! What a time! What a time! So much has happened. So much has happened. But okay, let's talk a little bit with Kelly and Dan Angelica about some of the changes and how we think this will impact. Again, what we said was a little bit of a rough season. Again, uh, if you look at the pinned tweet, you can read Dan's work over at the Ice Garden. But six thirteen and one. So Kelly, when you think of some of the players, we've obviously talked about some of the big name exits, but there's some other players that have shifted teams um you mentioned that amanda boulier has come back she left she came back uh so <laughs> she won the she won a ring and came back now she wants another. <laughs> like, let's just do it yep. <laughs> yeah so yeah. You, you i love that boo but who are some other players um that you think really will impact this roster let's first start with who is on the roster well, um, one of the players I'm not super familiar with, but I've read nothing but great things, is Brooke Madsen, uh, Penn State assist leader. She will likely be one of the players that the Whitecaps look to to set up players like Jana and those forwards that, uh, you know, the uh, Minnesota's going to rely on, like Bricklick. And um, I'm looking through the roster here. Knowles, Marshall, Baldwin. I mean, like any of those players, they've been able to to score in their college careers they were successful um but it you know it it it's going to be interesting to see if the whitecaps can find that scoring i mean they're going to miss audra um she is pregnant i believe the last time i looked at her instagram so she is uh, congrats audra yeah so very exciting um for her and her husband but we're going to miss having her out there because she's just a spark plug out there on the ice um, up front. So, you know, I, it'll be interesting. I, as far as the white caps on defense, they look great. Uh, they got Stauber and Roback, um, some great leaders and uh, veterans back there, but, and of course, Levier, who's solid always and her team always finds a way to play uh, great in front of her. So um, I think, as far as the Whitecaps are concerned, I, I think the only thing that they're going to really look for is scoring this year. Yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting. We know that they've had a lot of speed. That came a lot with Curtis and Thunstrom being a dynamic duo. Now that line is going to change in a big way. So, Dan, first let's talk about a little bit about Thunstrom. I know you were all over that news. Um, Allie Thunstrom heading to Boston. She is from Minnesota but spent time at Boston College and really cut her teeth there in college. Um, so I'm, I'm curious what you think of, of that move. But then also another player, Angelica and Dan, I want to talk about is Natalie Snodgrass uh, coming from the University of Connecticut. And, and I'm curious what you think uh, Natalie can do offensively, knowing that a player like Thunstrom is not on this roster. Yeah, the, the Thunstrom thing was interesting to me because um, it seemed like at the end of the, the season, she was, if you listen back to the press conference, Hold on one second, Dan. Angie, I think that's Angie, you think that's on the uh, echo. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Oh, good. <laughs> You're good? We're better? Yep, yep. Yeah. we're good. <laughs> so, if you listen to the, the, the end of the season press conference when they lost against Connecticut in the semifinals, um, I, 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 it was, like, so clear to me, like, she sounded like she was done 
Allie Dunstrom. Sounded like she was done with the Whitecaps. Like, she had just played her last game with the team. Not that her future was, you know, murky or anything like that. Like, she still wanted to play, but it just really came across like she was proud to be a Whitecap to have played in all these games. And um, it, it was almost like she knew that the writing was on the wall. Um, fast forward a couple of months. Um, she gets an offer from, from Boston. Hasn't heard from Minnesota yet. Um goes back to Minnesota and says, hey, look, I have this offer from, from Boston. I'm, I'm seriously contemplating it, but, you know, I love the Whitecaps and, and I love playing here and, and this is my home and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, this is what I, you know, do you guys have any, like, a, a, a you want to match it? Like, what, what are we going to do here? And um, they never really got back to her. And... Um, which is wild to me that I even just said that, that and, and that I've had to report that because that this is like one of the, the top 10 players in the history of the league, the, the co-MVP, co-goal, uh, goal-scoring leader, like um, instant speed, like and, and an all-around good person. Um, so I, it was weird. Boston offered her a two-year deal, and she was crazy not to take it. Um, she ended up taking it, and... Um, in a way, maybe that opens up money for them to do other things like bring back an Amanda Boulier, uh, bring in a, a player like a Snowgrass and a, a Shisova who, who played with Boston previously in this league and is, is now going to be out in, in Minnesota. Um, I think that's a big addition to, to kind of offset the loss, but it's, it's going to look really weird, you know, seeing somebody wearing number nine. Um, and it's not her on the Whitecaps, kind of the same situation like uh, 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 like a, a Winnie Brode, uh even though, you know, Allie, not a part of the Whitecaps for as long as, as Winnie and her family, but still one of the OGs um, from before the, the pre-NWHL days. So um, they've, they've definitely made some moves to try and offset that loss and, and the loss of Audra too. Like that was another one where it was like I reported it and, and – um, and I've spoken to Audra numerous times over this, this summer, this off season, whatever you want to call it. Like they just never really made her a respectable offer. And, and she could have got more money to go play other places, but, but this is her home and this is where she wants to play. She wants to start a family. She has a great job. Like, um, and, and she's able to make her job work with, with playing for the Whitecaps. And, um, they just never made a, a, a great offer. And this is a player that had, I think, um, 10 goals last season in 20 games. That's, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the math person, but that's, that's one every other game. Like that's, she's, she's a, a bona fide scoring uh, star in this league. And um, she often shows up when the games are the biggest too. Like we've seen that throughout her career. So uh, mind boggling move. Um, congratulations to her and her husband. I, I hope they have a, a, a wonderful pregnancy. Um, but it's it's sad that we're not going to see her uh, as a part of the Whitecaps again this season. And, and another player where um, you're going to see somebody wearing 21, but it's not going to be her on the Whitecaps. And um, that's no disrespect to the players that are, are wearing those numbers. It's just something that we've become accustomed to over the last three, four, five years here. Yeah, that's a really tough one. I mean... I've always had a lot of fun uh, making fun of Audra, <laughs> but uh, on the oh, ice, yeah. I think <laughs> I think she's um, 
a player. She started, cut her teeth with the Riveters. Um, that was that season that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> for, really, um, she's really grown as as far as like just, not just a person, but like dealing with the media as a player. As yeah, well. like we've <laughs> exactly. seen her evolve, and and like I see you guys doing these these TV interviews with her during the games and. She's so much more well spoken than she was. That remember that first season, like I do. She was just like yes, no, I don't know. She's <laughs> like, uh, we can we edit that and really, Audrey, that was that was live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Again, unfortunately, this is a part of the business. We still see this in you know um, leagues that have been around a hundred plus years. That doesn't make it any easier. I mean, we've seen how disrespected goalies in the, the National Hockey League have have been treated. Uh, I think Minnesota ended up with one of them. Yeah, because Vegas just oh, doesn't yeah. know how to do anything. But that's another story for another podcast. <laughs> But uh, see what happens when they give me a um, an MNHL show. Now I have all the spice always. But um, <laughs> but you know, you yeah, exactly. Um, you mentioned Audra and the Richards family more broadly. Well, I, uh, so um, Morrison. Of course, Morrison, but the Richards family is what I want to talk about, Kelly, because the Richards family uh, created Cappy. So is Cappy a yes. free agent? What's happening there? Cappy the the mascot. I'll be honest, I have no idea. I um I need to reach out to Audra and find out. Um her and I are connected through a couple of social media sites and I know I, we have to have Cappy back in Minnesota. There's no doubt about it, but Cappy might be a little busy in the latter part of the season, if you know what I mean, probably uh hanging out with a grandkid. So I don't know. We'll see. I'll keep you posted. Uh, I am not officially Cappy's agent, but if I were, the conversation might go something like this. Make me an offer I can't refuse. That's all I'm saying. You got diapers to buy. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? saying? Uh, I'm so done with you, Erica. PHF onesies. These things add up. I'm just saying, folks. I'm just saying. Make a respectable offer, as Dan might say. <laughs> All right, folks, we are going to keep chugging along here. So we talked a little bit about the entries, the exits, the new roster, the new coaching staff, or I guess kind of coaching configuration. Let's talk a little bit about the schedule. So the Minnesota Whitecaps are going to open um, in Toronto. Uh, so they will be playing against the Toronto Six that opening weekend, November 5th and 6th, and then they get the Boston Pride and the Metropolitan Riveters at home. But, Kelly, this is a new home, and I, not being from Minnesota, only having (laughs) been in the area, and quite literally only the Twin Cities, and then, um, oh gosh, there was another place that I went that was literally hours I had to drive, and of course I can't remember. I think it was Minnesota State. That's where I went. Mankato. Um, that's exactly that place. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell, what can you tell us about Richfield Ice Arena and what fans of the Whitecaps can expect comparative to Tree Rink? And then also, if you have any insight on what it's going to be like for media, because I'm always curious of what the media experience is as well. Well, I'll be honest. I haven't been to Richfield's Ice Arena yet, but I have found it on the map. And to be honest, the best part of the whole thing, free parking. It is not downtown St. Paul. 
they're not sharing it with the Minnesota Wild. So it is, it's going to basically be the Whitecaps rink. Um, they'll probably share it with a high school team or two or whatever. But to be honest, it's a, from what I've heard from people that I've talked to, it's a great facility. Um, they're treating them very well there. The Richfield, the city of Richfield, which is located by Bloomington, which is where the Minneapolis St. Paul airport is. It's like it's literally five, 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 five minutes away from the airport. So it is like, it's so perfect. It's a perfect location, free parking. They'll probably get more fans in the stands. The stands are actually all the way around. So they're not just on one side. Um, I would assume it'd be very media friendly too. So honestly, I'm excited for the Whitecaps. I think it's long overdue that they had their own rink. And, um, I love downtown St. Paul way better than Minneapolis, but that's just me. Cause I grew up in St. Paul and, uh, the only, I mean, uh, there's not a lot around the Richfield ice arena as far as like, you can't just walk from the rink to, you know, the local, you know, restaurant or whatever. But, um, I think, you know, you won't have to worry about parking. It's not like traveling downtown. The traffic won't be nearly as bad. So I think it's a good fit. I think it'll be great for the Minnesota Whitecaps to have their own rank that they can call their home, you know. Yeah, and we do know that there's been a shift in the league. There's, uh, I forget the official title. I know Angie and I have talked about it on the podcast before, but like essentially someone that's over facilities. And so I think what we are hearing and what we deduce, although some of them are head scratchers like American Dream, um, but I think what we're seeing is really... Uh, prioritizing the player experience. And that is, is um, in and of itself a good thing. I think when it comes in conflict and in clash with what could be the fan experience, that's where I, I wonder if there are other options. But I think overall really investing in the player experience and giving the players adequate ice time it seems like all teams dan i know you talked about this uh sunday all teams and i know angie you know this from firsthand experience they have at least three practices which if we can recall we were at um we were tapping out at two practices a week at weeknights and then we slowly started integrating more team lifts and you know stuff like that but it seems like there's really a full push for multiple touch points and opportunities for the team to be together throughout the week yeah I can I can take over on that one I guess I'm on my way to Butte's practice right now actually um so uh yeah I um I think that you hit it on the head. I think that the player experience is really, really important when it comes to, um, you know, this whole this whole thing. But, um, you know, I, and I love that the players are being, you know, it sounds like the players are being treated more along the lines of professionals and they are being listened to with regard to that. I love that. I, I want that to continue. I just also don't want them to get too far ahead of themselves with, you know, kind of reaching – you know, bending for the players and not necessarily keeping the fans in mind. Um, you know, like you said, I just, you know, we've, we've seen it with, um, you know, any kind of move to uh, an, uh, an area that isn't necessarily like, I don't want to say familiar, but isn't necessarily accessible for everyone always makes me a little nervous just because like, 
I know the struggle of having to get to an arena. And I was very, very lucky that the years I didn't have a car, the Buttes were playing in Harbor Center. So I could take the bus right now. Um, so um, that is definitely, um, you know, that's something I, I, I do get concerned with. But at the same time, I think that might, again, be just a necessary change for the business. Yeah, I think it's definitely something to be determined. I was, I'm, I'm, I am still curious though, Kelly, to see what the media experience is like. I know we're not calling the games from there, but you know firsthand, and more so than even I, that uh, when you're trying to call games and catch the corners, at least at Tria Rink, you do run the risk of quite literally falling onto the bench if you're lucky. Because <laughs> if you miss the bench, then that's a immediate hospital visit erica i promise you this um in the next couple of weeks i have a bye week with bsu i will get down to the cities i will make an adventure to richfield arena maybe catch a practice and uh check it out for everybody and and i'll i'll report back how does that sound that sounds amazing we would love to have you back we'll have to have a breaking news get all the details <laughs> behind the scenes with Kelly Schultz on the ground. I'll take, I'll take <laughs> pictures of the press box and everything. So <laughs> yes. there you go. I got it. Do they have Wi-Fi? Because I've had that's important stream a game through my own hotspot before. Yes, that has <laughs> happened. Um, maybe one day I'll talk more about that or, or we can just forget it. But anyway, Dan, you know, you dropped a few nuggets for us. I do want to circle back because we're, we're getting close to time before we talk about um, games that we want to watch. I want to talk to Kelly. Um, we don't have a location for the All-Star Weekend yet, but Kelly cut her teeth in this league at an All-Star Weekend, so I want to get her thoughts on where she'd like to see the All-Star Weekend. But Dan, you know, any any little nuggets, any little picante flakes that you want to throw and toss into this Twitter spaces about the Minnesota Whitecaps or anything else, PHF? Um, thanks again. Uh, yeah, just to, to circle back, if anybody that was listening to, uh, was it Sunday night when we did the Riveters one? Uh, I mentioned that they had signed a player. I was trying to track down who it was and um, wasn't able to do it at the time. I've, I've I've nailed down who it is. I figured it out. Um, if if the the real uh, diehard fans remember the international draft from from last uh, the ever popular international draft from last summer, <laughs> um, that was a one one pick per team kind of. You get to to pretend draft some European player that you may have already signed, um, which was the case with Buffalo, but um, so. In that draft, Minnesota had selected Fanny Gasparics, a Hungarian uh, national team player, um, and she also plays in, in uh, one of the leagues overseas. I'm not sure uh, which league. I don't have that information written down, unfortunately, but um, that's the player that I believe the Riveters have signed um, for the upcoming season. Um, so they're at 19 now, and they need to, to uh, get one more uh, – person on the contract to be compliant for the start of the season um and i'm pretty sure they're hard at work on that and uh that'll be something that they'll announce i'm sure before the beginning of the season or maybe they'll announce it like i don't know like as the game is starting or something because we've seen that happen in the past couple of years um, oh my goodness they're gonna I, recruit someone uh in a whole foods uh yeah i, I mean because that, that's happened in this league I, before <laughs> I, i've i've 
I've been at the rink and been like, who's that player with no nameplate on? And like, nobody wants to tell you or, or GMs of teams would be like, Oh, we, we signed them to a PTO last night. And like, why didn't we get that information before the game started or, or wasn't it like a, a press release or something? But um, anyway, so um, other PHF stuff, um, I reported uh, about a week ago, maybe a little bit more, that uh, Becca Gilmore left the Boston Pride and that they had replaced her with Mary Parker. Um, apparently, Mary Parker has now also left the team. So Boston is still kind of looking for what? Uh, a few more bodies to, to fill in. Wow. They also have uh, the injury from uh, Lauren Kelly. She broke her ankle. So she's on long-term kind of injured list, which – I guess it's a good thing for them and maybe bad for the rest of the league where it frees up some money now for Boston to, to do some more things. And um, they've obviously been able to attract a, a number of uh, fantastic players. So I'm sure they'll be able to get something sorted out by then. Um, and the last um, thing the last is, thing is... Um, Lenka Kamrova uh, played with the Riveters sparingly last season for some reason. I'm, I'm not curious. I'm, I'm not sure why she didn't play more, but um uh, and she previously played for the Buttes, was an all-star in 2020 um, at, at, at the all-star game in Boston. Um, she was signed to play overseas, I believe. And um, I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out if, if she's gotten out of that yet or not. Um, but I heard that she's looking to come back to the PHF and possibly latch on with somebody. So um, I don't think it would be a match with the Riveters, you know, kind of been there, done that. Um, I think Buffalo is pretty set with their roster and their practice players. So, um, um, and so we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with her, but um, she's obviously a talented player who I, I think didn't really get a fair chance last season. And, and again, I'm not at every practice, so um, I don't know what was really going on there, but it was just curious to me that, that a player like that uh, was kind of, uh, being dressed and not really playing much. So, uh, yeah, that's something for fans to keep their eyes and ears out for uh, as we get we're, we're 10 days away from the season. So uh, it's going to be here quick. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, see, this is why we call him the PHF Insider. We're always so grateful when he can join us on Twitter Spaces. I've seen that we've had a few uh, former uh, NWHL slash PHF athletes join us. Thanks, for everyone who is tapping in today, of course, this is our PHF preview. We are on the Minnesota Whitecaps. We have the original play-by-play voice, Kelly Schultz. You just heard from Dan Rice. And, of course, my co-host, Angelica Rodriguez. I am Erica Lindsay Ayala. And we're going to keep chugging along. Angelica, we want to we talk about schedules um, and, and what some games that we should circle for the Minnesota Whitecaps, but I wanted you to tap in if you had anything to add. Oh, snappy the snap. Is that Sam Fryman? Please do not roast me about roast baseball. Me about I can't take it. We don't have time for me to have a meltdown. Okay, Sam, leave me be. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm going to be intrigued to see uh, their matchup with the Riveters and how that goes. Because, I mean, there are still a couple of holdovers from that squad who probably weren't, like, incredibly happy, um, you know, at the way things went down in Tampa. But um, 
you know, I, I don't have, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't have the schedule in front of me. So that's really the only one that jumps out right now. But um, I think that if Minnesota is going to have any kind of impact, because again, as they improve, so do the rest of the league. And I think that's the case for a lot of these, not, not a lot, but definitely a, a couple of these teams, you know, namely, I feel like the Whitecaps, the Rivers, and and the Buttes, I think that in order for them to really make an impact, they're going to have to hit their, the ground running. So I'll be intrigued to see what they do in Toronto as well. Yeah, I mean, you hit on two teams that they play again in the first their first six of the season, so essentially their first three series. Um, Kelly, what do you make of that? You know, I, I had almost forgotten about the drama, right, of that game between Minnesota and the Riveters, but that's a perfect point. They come through uh, Ridgefield Ice Arena after the Boston Pride, so they've got the Pride at home November 18-19, and then to top off December, December 3-4, it's the Riveters rolling into town. Well, to be honest, I'm more excited about the Whitecaps versus the Pride because it's going to be kind of a homecoming for Allie Thunstrom. I don't know how the crowd is going to take that. Um, I think they'll cheer for her for a brief moment and then start cheering for the Whitecaps. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that Riveters series is going to be huge too. I mean, just there's so much history between those two teams and a lot of love lost probably. Um yeah, you know what? I every team that Minnesota plays this year is going to be a grind for them, I think. You know, and then the following uh, series is against the Whale, who finished regular season champs last year. You know, I think I think the whole season's going to be fun to watch. But yeah, those first uh, couple of series with the Whitecaps and Riveters and the Whitecaps and the Pride are two that I've had on my radar anyway. Yeah, I love that. Sam Fryman also added. Minnesota and Buffalo and Heliga, I'm sure, you know, in your unbiased opinion, you, you can get down with that. Um, they will um, play they in, uh, in Buffalo where you're at uh, January seven, eight. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, anytime it's, it's so weird, especially last season, I feel like the games were so lopsided one way or the other, which is really funny for uh, two teams that didn't really score a whole lot besides a couple of players. Um, so it will be kind of interesting to see uh, how that turns out. Um, you know, I think that uh, these teams are pretty similar with the way that they're built. Um, so, I mean, we'll definitely, uh, definitely see what happens. I love it. Kelly, I mentioned the All-Star Weekend. We don't have a location. We do have a placeholder for All-Star for the Premier Hockey Federation. But if you had to put on your commish for the day hat, where would you like to see the PHF go for All-Star Weekend? And who are you going to have as your analyst? Um, assuming that it's me, um, I guess you could say Sam as well. But, you know, no. all jokes aside, I won't put you on the spot for the broadcast. Oh. As if they listen to us anyway. But where would you want to go? Where would you uh, want to go? Oh, my goodness. If we could be on site... I would love to go to Montreal. Um, you know, it, my parents are still mad at me that I took French in high school. Um, I wish I could speak it better, but definitely would love to go to Montreal. So, and since they're the newest team, the new kids on the block, why not? Right. And I, t I take you and yeah. Sam and <laughs> Alexis, everybody with me, all You're of, just, all of you. Yeah. We'll, we'll all go. It'll be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
every individual player gets an analyst. That's how we'll do it. Yeah, I like oh that. <laughs> each team, each team gets their own um, sideline reporter, rank side reporter. How's that? That sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. I love that. I love that for y'all. Um, I believe that, I don't know if they're gonna stick to this, but I think they said Toronto, but we have no idea. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, you know hey. what? Because Toronto kind of got, oh, gypped, kinda got right? gypped, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they they got kind of sh- uh, shafted with last year with the abrupt switch to Buffalo at the last second. So I believe that the plan was to move the All Star Weekend to Toronto. Um, but again, it's the PHF. Who the hell knows? Yeah, I mean, because for all of that, then they should have just said that, which is also what fans, I feel like, not to mention broadcasters, analysts, and media people, like, if we know ahead of time, then we could be there. So if they're going to have it in Toronto, like, we already know the date. If you're sticking to your word, just let us know now so we can plan. But, you know, I don't know that they ever listen to us. They should, though. They should totally tap in to the Founding Four pod. I mean, yeah, I get off my jokes, but we we have some good (laughs) analysis here as well. But Dan, I want to have you chime in as well. Where would you like to see the All-Star weekend, assuming that they're not going to Toronto until they tell us that they are? (laughs) Um, Geez, uh, I wasn't expecting answers. I'm going to say Pittsburgh because I had a good time when we were in Pittsburgh for the the second All-Star game. Um, I I love that venue. Um, And that that was a, a... that was a, a good time uh, back then, and, and we had we had a great cast of, of all stars that year. That was that was really fun. Um, as far as just uh, to to finish off the conversation, games I'm looking forward to. Obviously, that Minnesota Boston, um, Ali Ali Dunstrom against her former team, and and, and Amanda Boulier kind of against her former team. Um, she's back with her other former team. Um, so th- those games are always ones that like I- I'm gonna make sure that I'm um if I'm not home to watch it, um, I'm definitely watching it when I get back from whatever game I'm I've been at that weekend. So uh, yeah, definitely definitely those. Yes, thank you for weighing in on that. Yeah, Boo is one of those players that she has a lot of X's as far as her franchises at least. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, either way, we're going to hear boo. I don't know if they're actually booing her or cheering her on. Either way, I think that'll be fun for sure. Um, I like the pick of Montreal. I think that makes a lot of sense. I did totally forget that Toronto got, um, you know, that they they got uh, put in a a tough situation. That's how Buffalo is able to host. Um, I mean, I also don't mind going to Pittsburgh, but I have to give a shout out. Maddie Tate holding it down for North Carolina. Raise up. Let's go. I would love to see Carolina get some love, although I think the numbers of Carolina players is dwindling. So we got to work on that. Um, All right, folks, we're going to go around the horn as we close um, here for this uh, spaces and then we are going to um, we're going to go we're, we're going to uh, Montreal on Sunday I guess well at least on our Twitter spaces but I know Kelly you have to run so thank you so much for joining us just let folks know real quick where they can find you and if you have time let us know what you think this Minnesota team needs to do to be successful this season Okay, well, I um, if you're looking for me, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, um, at Kelly Schultz in most locations. Um, also, BeaverRadioNetwork.com is where I broadcast Bemidji State University women's 
um, hockey. So we've got big games this weekend against Mankato. They are must-win games because the Beavers have struggled. Um, so that'll be fun. And uh, as far as the Whitecaps, they need to find some scoring because obviously they're without Audra, they're without Allie. Uh, they need to find some chemistry. I think it'll be um, fun to see Jana back out there. She's definitely going to be the veteran leader on the scoring side of things. And um, as far as defense, I think they're solid. Um, you know, as, as long as Amanda Levier can be Amanda Levier back there and stay healthy, I think they're in good shape. Um, but I think they just need to find their scoring. So, but, uh, it'll be fun to see them play in their own home ice this year. I think that's probably my, uh, uh the part I'm most excited about. Yeah, for sure. Well, Kelly, thank you so much. I know you've got uh, to run and, and get some prep work done for your games that you talked about. Uh, wishing you and Bemidji State the best of luck. And uh, if I, I know I'll see you in Florida. That's the plan. Yes. For some PHF games. And like, let's put this into existence. Why don't we meet up at an NHL rink again and just call some some men's hockey? I mean, how hard I... can it be? Right. <laughs> I have been sending it out to the universe. Trust me. Trust me. Um, Erica, as always, and Dan and Alica and everybody else, uh, Sam Fry. I'm sure I'll see Sam sometime down the road, too. So uh, thanks, you guys. And uh, thanks, Erica, for having me. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. Bye, Kelly. Bye. All right, Dan, the man, we're coming to you. Um, what will this Minnesota Whitecaps team need to do to be successful this season? Uh, a, a lot of what Kelly said is, is I, I agree with. They have to find different ways to score. Uh, Jonna Albers, who used to be Jonna Curtis, um, just for PHF fans, they didn't get a new new player. It's it's still the same number three, the same speedy little demon out there. Uh, but she's, she's a top 10 player in this league all time as far as uh, scoring goes. I, I'm pretty confident she's going to put up her usual 20, 20-something points. Um, it's, it's who else is going to be able to chip in. Um, and again, I agree with, with what Kelly said. If you have Lev, you have a chance, like a healthy Lev goes a long way. We saw in the playoffs, they dismantled the Riveters pretty quickly. Um, they were a goalpost or two away from being in a much different game against Connecticut in the semifinal, um, a bounce here, a bounce there. And, and we could have been talking about something completely different, um, and maybe a different off season for them, but. Um, by all accounts, Lev is back. She's healthy. Um, I, you know, without seeing any games from, from everybody yet, like I still kind of have them pegged fourth, um, in the standings and that can either rise or, or, or fluctuate down depending on, uh, what kind of scoring they end up getting. I love that. Angie, where do you stand with Minnesota? Oh yeah. What do they have to do to, be, to, do to be, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, they all took my, my thunder there by saying, uh, offense, but, um, I really do think that that's going to be the key. I, I don't really see any other weaknesses right now for this squad. Um, I think if they can get them scoring and especially set up Jana, you know, she gets, uh, you know, a decent wingman back. I think that that'll be, um, kind of the key. Um, I think that's probably what's on everybody's mind now is what is what the Whitecaps are going to do offensively. So, um, you know, and I think also as, as, as always special teams is really gonna, you know, there's some really, really um, talented teams um, in this league. I mean, the Whitecaps are definitely have the talent, but 
it'll be uh, it'll remain to be seen if they can really shine on the ice offensively. And Sam, because we can never have too many broadcasters. broadcasters. Sam! <laughs> of course, that's a joke. So now I hope everyone is available for another 40 minutes. No, <laughs> we're going to wrap up here. Wow! It's just because we, talk a, cause we that talk a lot. That was, that's what I'm saying. What broadcasters I'm saying. talk a lot. Case in point. Case in point. <laughs> I'm still talking. But Sam, I'd love to get your thoughts. What does this Minnesota squad need to do to be successful from your vantage point? I think for me, it's just really about finding an identity early on. I think that's why I also mentioned Minnesota Buffalo as a matchup I was really intrigued by. Because to me, that's two teams who are really looking at a new identity. Yes, they still have established stars. And I think Minnesota will be a very good team. For me, it's just a matter of how early they click because at times last season it just felt like they had a few weekends where they really weren't functioning like the regular Minnesota team that we've seen before the one that got to and won the Isabel Cup in their first season but I think they very much have the talent to do it on both ends and if I were to pick a standings prediction right now I'm I would probably be in line with Dan I see Minnesota right now as a talent team a good team a team capable of doing things I wouldn't quite put them in that tier though of a cup favorite right now but I think they could absolutely surprise me look at this guy what a pro put him on the spot he came through swinging for the fences kind of like his Philadelphia Phillies me sad Oh, my God. I did it to myself, but it, it just was right there. I couldn't help it. I mean, I I'm, promise I'm... everyone will take down the Astros for you. We're a team of fight. <laughs> oh, gosh. I really am just like, just just do it for the baseball. Mets fans are hurting per every year since 86. So anyway, uh, enough of that. But Sam, I love what you said. And what I would only add to what everything that Angie and Dan said is that Taking all of that, what Kelly said, for me, this team will be successful if Rhonda can really show us the type of head coach she can be when uh, what I believe uh, will be her first real season as far as having full ownership of this squad. I am very excited to see what Rhonda is going to be able to do. For a lot of the time, she was the co-head coach speaking to us Um uh, as media, I think that she's grown in just understanding the cadence of the league a little bit more. But I also think the league has changed. And I wonder what, not just the Whitecaps, but that's who we're talking about today. I, I really do wonder what all the coaches will be able to do with a little bit more ice time, with the players having more practice time, focusing on nutrition and things of that nature, where they can really start focusing, n- not everyone 100% on hockey, but definitely pushing that percentage up for everyone. So that's my key to success for Minnesota. I think it does lie uh, with that coaching staff, and and I'm very curious to see what Rhonda is going to do. But we're going to go around the horn again. We're going to start with you, Sam. I'd love for you to let folks know uh, where they can find you on the social media. Also, uh, I mentioned you're a broadcaster. You will be calling games, so let folks know when they can hear you on ESPN Plus or TSN if you're uh, our Canadian friends. Yes, you can hear me on ESPN Plus and TSN Plus. My first game will be uh, 
around mid-December, I'll be bringing you a weekend of Whitecaps versus Montreal Force. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier on the Founding Core pod, I've been working on some opportunities. So you may be able to hear me a little earlier than that during the season, but can't go into all the details yet. Everybody will have to stay tuned there of a special type of broadcast that may be coming to the PHF this season. Um, and on social media, you can find me on Twitter at sfryman 20 Do a lot of talking about the PHF women's hockey on there. You can find me also on Instagram at frymaster 93 And yeah, hope to connect with everybody and look forward to seeing you, Erica, and certainly Kelly down in Florida. And hopefully uh, Angelica and Dan or anybody else, if you come by Warrior this season, I'll definitely be there as well. Love it, Sam. Thank you so much. From Sam the man to Dan the man, let folks know where they can find you, Dan, and, and what you have coming down the pike or something um, that you recently dropped uh, where we can all get our PHF news. Uh, first of all, thanks to both of you again for having me on. Uh, always appreciate the, the the camaraderie that we've had over the years and, and having each other uh, each other's backs as we go through different opportunities. Um, so it means a lot that you've you've both reached out and, and uh, asked me to help out with these things. Um, anytime in the future, anytime you need anything, you know, you can just uh, slide it to my DMs and uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to help you out. Um, OK, where you can find me on Twitter uh, at Dr. Ice Hockey or Dr. Rice or D. Rice Hockey. Uh, however you want to interpret that, that's that's up to you. Um this weekend, you can find me at uh, the Milford Ice Arena. I'm going to go check out the uh, Riveters and Whale final preseason game, the last tune-up before the real deal. Um, haven't seen the Whale yet this offseason. Uh, really stoked to go see them. Uh, they are going to be a, a tough team to beat this season, I think. Um, I don't think it's any secret that, that uh, they're my favorite to, to win. Um it's going to be a fight, though, and I don't think it's going to be like it was last season. I think teams are a little bit more on notice now, um, but I just don't know if anybody in the offseason has gotten an answer for Kennedy Marchment. And uh, so I'm excited to see her uh, kind of go half speed, I would assume, in preseason. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, you can find me uh, all, all my work over at the Ice Garden. Um, as far as the PHF is concerned, uh, NHL fans out there, I also cover the Devils. Uh, for pucks and pitchforks um, recently did a, a cro- kind of crossover story i know you have a good crossover erica um our friend ali monroe from the connecticut whale uh turns out that she knows um ryan graves who plays defense for the new jersey devils uh, they're both from the same town in nova scotia and uh, uh ryan graves runs a hockey school back home and his first call for help was to ali monroe and uh They've done that pretty much every summer since, uh, excluding a couple of years with COVID. Um, so that's over at Pucks and Pitchforks, uh, over at the Ice Garden. Just did an uh, uh, interview feature on uh, Cassidy Sauvey, new goaltender for the Buffalo Buttes. Um, so if you want to check that out, you can go check that out. And I should have a uh, column up um, sometime after the, the, the game on Saturday. We'll, we'll say maybe Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, and and uh, kind of leading up to the uh, the season, which is again, it's only ten days away, so um, it'll be here before we know it. Um, thanks again for everybody who tuned in. 
um, everybody that supports our writing uh, and all the other avenues that we uh, try and get this information out to everybody. Um, it's been a pretty fun summer. I've, I've broken a lot of news, but I'm ready to just like kind of get back to covering games and, and talking to players. I'm, I'm done with all this information kind of society stuff. Like let's just get the games going. So um, thanks again for having me on. And uh, I hope to see y'all some, at some point down the road, uh, going to try and get to Buffalo and Boston this season. Um, Want to at least see one game in each of the founding four rinks or, or the founding four teams rinks this season. Um, so we'll see what happens, but um, thanks again for having me on. Dan, we, this is why we love Dan. <clears throat> amazing has been there since the very beginning an awesome follow you heard sam he's working on some stuff i, I don't know that you're going to find a, a collective beat of uh writers podcasters data gurus a la mike murphy uh that work harder than we do so if if we have patreon pages uh venmo paypal podcast please give everyone a listen that's why i make time to go around the horn so you know where we, you can find our stuff um, because we work hard and we do it for the fans and for the players <laughs> um, and and we work pretty dang hard including Angie who's been who's on been with, us with us in route in to route practice. practice yes I'm sitting in the in the parking lot at North Town Center right now actually <laughs> so... we're talking about practice. Uh, practice we're talking about practice it's practice uh, <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Lorena de la Isla. Um, I'm also gonna put my uh, put out my Instagram. Um, I am at Angelica Renee twenty one. Uh, sometimes I have some stories up uh, from practice. So if you wanna get a little of a uh, insider view, you can do that. Um, uh, again, I work with Dan over at the Ice Garden. I'm on the Buttes beat. Uh, I have a feature coming down the pike on Claudia Kepler. Uh, who has recently been announced along with Cassidy McPherson as uh, one of the Buttes' two alternate captains for this season. So congratulations to her. Um, and uh, so I'll have that come in probably end of this week, beginning of next week. Uh, also, we'll have a column coming up uh, down the pike. And uh, I also have Buttes notebook pieces um, right now, probably is just bi-weekly but i plan on having them on a weekly basis once the season gets underway in 10 days so that's where you can find me i love it angie my co-host we revived the founding four pod we're doing this fun twitter spaces and so we're on a sunday wednesday schedule so on sunday we will focus on the new kid on the block montreal and unlike Kelly, I have no French background. So if I start spouting out my Spanglish, that's the best I can do. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's all I got. Uh, and even that's not great. But um, you can find me, of course, at the Founding Four Pod. That's the little circle that's talking to you right now. Make sure you follow Founding Four Pod. We're really going to ramp up once we get in season. But I'm also here as myself. Uh, I'm in the middle of my screen, but the person with the mask on sitting on a chair that's on the ice at American Dream. That's me, Erica L. Ayala, a.k.a. American Dream? Yes, that's yes, what I'm saying. I didn't know that. Yeah, they used yeah, to practice, they used to practice there. there. Um, oh, the amazing, amazing 
Kate Freeze, Kate Freeze was there taking photographs when I did that interview with Madison Packer on um, mental health and just her focus on talking about addiction and why that's become a part of yeah a part of her what she wants to be a part of her legacy. So that's where that photo's from. Kate Freeze is awesome. We miss her on the Woho side of things, but she's doing amazing stuff in the MNBA and WNBA with Phoenix. So the Suns, Phoenix Suns, and Phoenix Mercury. She's a great follow. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for Angie, who again is about to walk into practice, and uh, for Dan and Sam, and of course Kelly that also joined us. Thank you so much for listening in, for tapping in. This is the Founding Four Pod PHF previews. Today we talked about Minnesota, and on Sunday we are talking about Montreal, and then we will close the Wednesday before puck drops with the Toronto Six, and look out for some stuff. I spoke to Soroya Tink who has some amazing things going on. So we'll have that coincide with our Twitter spaces. And um, then as far as me, I will be calling the game. The, uh, the game versus the Connecticut Whale and the Boston Pride. The banner's going up, Sam. I know you're excited about that. I saw your bling ringing it. I love that for you. Um, <laughs> and uh, I will have that game as my first game of the season, calling that from sunny Florida. Hopefully it's sunny and not rainy or like hurricane because that's not great either. Anyway, that'll do it for our Twitter spaces. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you give everyone on the stage a follow and we will see you back here. That's going to be at 5 p.m. Eastern time Sunday. We're going to talk about the Force de Montreal. Peace out, everybody.